0: anything is possible.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial
0: at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.
2: Hi, I'm Maria.
1: And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team ready. Ready.
2: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready.
1: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
2: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
1: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFuera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you doing?
2: LJ, I am doing good. Um, Last day of the regular season, always a very interesting one. Um, Yeah, excited to, you know get into it give our official playoff picks um and just kind of give some final thoughts on a bunch of teams that you know we're not going to be talking about for for quite a while so lj do we want to at least you know we'll get some stuff out of the way with the bottom of the league um Regarding the draft lottery, do you happen to have the full thing pulled up here? Draft
0: lottery update, my favorite part of the last week that we forgot about until this week, which is a darn shame. Yes, I do. We have our official bottom three for the first year of the draft lottery, the first year of this new system, which it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Because again, we talked about it a little bit briefly last night, how there were you know, there's some different rules here. There's some new rule changes to all of this that will, I think, certainly make things all the more interesting, especially particularly the fact that you can't have top six pick more than two years in a row if you are a team receiving money from the um, luxury tax group. Uh,
2: it is if you are not if you don't get revenue sharing payments.
0: If you don't get revenue sharing payments, you can't have it two years in a row?
2: Correct. That is what the MLB.com article says. says, I
0: don't don't know what's worse, the rule or how I misread it. Teams that
2: receive revenue sharing payouts can't receive a lottery pick for more than two years in a row. And those that don't get revenue sharing can't get a top six pick in consecutive drafts. Furthermore, a club that's ineligible for the lottery can't select higher than 10th overall.
0: That is so dumb. Respectfully, that is so dumb. Because, you know, again, this is just kind of encouraging smaller and smaller market spending and smaller and smaller mar- market idea. So if you, you know, you you ideally want to spend less. This is encouraging. How did this ever get passed?
2: Um, you forget that the owners want to keep everything the same in every CBA LJ.
0: Oh, I know. But
2: no, it's ridiculous. Again,
0: we we could have lost games. I'm thankful we didn't lose games. But this is the type of stuff you should like, you know, if at the end of the day this was the type of thing we were missing games for, I'd kind of understand. Because yeah, you're you're getting teams to try to like if you're a bad team, you want to be spending little enough that you get into that group so you can get the prospect of your choice, and that goes for even teams who want to spend. That goes if the Mets were bad. Let's say their core went to down the tubes, they would cut as much payroll as possible to keep under that and get the lottery picks while they can, and then start spending again after they've exhausted all of that. It's just that's bad for the game, but either way. Washington, Oakland, Pittsburgh, those are the top three going on past that. We've got Cincy, Kansas City, and Detroit with the three next best odds descending. Um, Certainly, I think those, is it fair to say that those are the three teams most in need of that top pick? Because I kind of feel like, especially, you know, with it being a tie for the third spot, the Cincinnati roster feels like it needs it more than Pittsburgh.
2: Cincinnati has like so it's the Nationals, A's, and Pirates all have a sixteen point five percent chance, right? Yes. And then the Reds have a thirteen point two five percent chance, yeah. Right. And then after that, it's like ten percent for the Royals. And
0: seven and stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Reds are in big trouble. Um, you know, like obviously, like the. The A's and Pirates, we know they're not going to spend money anyway. So, you know, they don't they they don't need the first pick. Um,
0: No, they're going to they're going to get their number one pick at number five.
2: Yeah, right. So Um, so they're fine. But yeah, the Reds Reds are in big trouble. LJ, what I don't like about this is that. Like the top 18 teams have a chance to get the number one pick or the bottom 18 teams. I mean, the Brewers have a, you know, a 0.23% chance. That's, you know, less than a quarter of 1%, but still like, I well, I, I'm just kind of flabbergasted by this whole model here. Cause like, thing. God forbid if the Brewers Orioles, Giants, White Sox, or Red Sox get the first pick. I mean, that's, It's pretty bad by the MLB to, you know, make it like this.
0: Here's the thing. All this is doing is, with the exception of these weird cutoffs for how many times you can be in the lottery, it's just following the NHL and NBA market. Those teams aren't restricted. The difference is they have so many darn teams in their postseason that, you know, half their postseason is irrelevant and half the teams in it are irrelevant. Baseball has always been a more selective postseason. And so that's why you end up with three or four more teams in their lottery than the other two leagues do. So if this was a eight team, if this was a 16 team um, playoff, you wouldn't notice because you would have had you would have only 14 team teams in the lottery and you would probably end up being fine with that. You live with that. Ultimately, what this comes down to, though, is you're you're still, you're muddying an already murky process, which is the MLB draft where you really don't know what's going on with the teams truly. So, I don't know, I I don't think it makes that big a difference. I mean, even if every now and then one of those big teams ends up getting a top guy, he's going to probably end up being there when that team is falling out of their prime anyways. So. I don't I don't see it as that big of a deal but I understand 100% where you're getting at here though like you're potentially giving you're giving it to, at the same time though you're giving it to more deserving teams no because a group like teams like Milwaukee teams like Boston teams like San Francisco these are the people that are willing to spend on the best player available
2: if you win if 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 you win like the Red Sox 78 games the Brewers 86 games you should not be anywhere remotely close to the first pick it just makes like LJ As you you know like yeah you're right it is following the the NBA and NHL lotteries but that's I I I I hate that that's that's not that's not what it should be about I mean we should want these teams that are bad to get better
0: well, I think this is a, that's a topic we we should have actually made the list of content for the postseason. Well, that, that can be tomorrow. We can
2: we can we can cook up that list tomorrow as we're not recording.
0: We can cook up that list tomorrow because I think that's an argument that I can make here where we don't need to coddle the bottom of leagues, because that's just really what's made things worse, especially for the MLB. But I guess my question here is, what are you campaigning for? Are you campaigning for an alternate lottery system? No, Major League Baseball, or are you campaigning for no lottery in general? Because I am campaigning for no lottery in general. I don't think it's
2: necessary. Same. Okay. Love that. Okay, so we're on the same page. Good. Okay.
0: Good. Um. Speaking of the bottom, Brandon, you want to talk about Stephen Vogt?
2: Stephen Vogt on the A's. You know, what a career it's been for him. A guy that I can remember watching growing up for quite a while. Um, 10 years in the league or, yeah, 10 years. Bounced around a bunch of different places. Finally ended back with Oakland, who he had had spent the longest with in his career. Made two all-star games with them. Um, Final game of his career today. And he hits a home run and this is a guy LJ who you're talking a 55 OPS plus on the year so home runs are not not very common from him and for him final game of his career to hit one really gave Oakland fans something to really to really you know revolve around or to really um sorry I can't find the word
0: rally behind
2: rally behind there we go um sorry there's a lot of yelling going on downstairs in my apartment i will try try, trying to block that out um regardless um super awesome for him and let me just say you know i like stories like this um i think it's awesome also kurt suzuki on the angels he called it quits after a 16 year career his last game was last night caught one pitch, and then they immediately took him out, replaced him. Um, Two catchers that had huge, huge impacts um, on their team.
0: Can we stop and think about how this happens? How do you catch for 16 straight years? I mean, this is a thing for Yachty, too. I don't understand how these men are able to do what they do. You know, especially for these older guys there this is kind of the end of the generation where when these guys were good when they were at their best they were catching the majority of the season like Yadi's probably the last guy that's going to go 140 150 games in a season as a catcher to be able to do that for 16 or more years even 12 or more years the strain that has on your body compared to any other position is insane i am i've always been surprised we haven't seen more catchers either retire early or convert to first base to keep if they were productive hitters. Like, it amazes me how these guys do what they do.
2: Well, on to, we're going to stay with the Angels, I believe. Um And they have announced they're taking the interim tag off Of Phil Nevin, and he will be their manager for at least the twenty twenty three season. Um, you know, I can at least speak to Phil Nevin a little bit as he was the Yankees' third base coach for quite a while, um, before getting let go after the twenty twenty one season. And
0: and who who made that made that possible? Phil Nevin, Hunter Renfro.
2: Oh, sorry, Hunter Renfro. I was going to say Phil phil nevin made it possible to, that he got let go um but let me just say i mean dude like clearly cares a lot um i can remember Elta, the game me and you went to the sunday night baseball game in 2021 at yankee stadium phil nevin was just a a a like an advisor on the bench he was really sick and lost like 20 pounds or something he comes out and gets ejected during that game after um there was a, a really bad strike call that sent it to extra innings he literally has an iv in his arm and he's coming out to argue in in a game in the middle of June. you know what i mean like yeah the guy cares about his players cares about um you know winning a lot and Sure, the Angels, they did only win 73 games this year. And Phil Nevin as manager, you know, he I I can't how many games did, did he end up winning? He won he went 46 and 59, but that's not the point. It's the point that he knows how to he's fine with using Shohei Otani a lot. And his his usage was quite incredible. LJ, I don't know if you saw this. Otani officially qualified as a hitter and a pitcher. Wow. First player to ever do that outside of a Negro Leagues player by the name of Bullet Rogan. Go and look him up on a baseball reference. Um, That dude's stats are just unbelievable. It doesn't make sense, some of that stuff. But for Otani to do this in the modern game, absolutely unreal. Um And it's just amazing. So, love Phil Nevin coming back and, you know, let's hope that the Angels make the right moves that they have to this offseason because there is a way to salvage it and we'll certainly get into that during when we're in the playoffs when we have more to talk when we have more time to talk about this, but I I really think that there's a way to salvage what you have here and it all starts with selling the team and, you know, moving on.
0: Um. I, usually, the path that includes selling the team does not salvage what's currently there. Um, I'm going to. This little, case, it
2: might work though. Like seriously.
0: I'm going to take a little more more of a pessimistic approach on this. And I mean everything I say here, with as much respect to Phil Nevin as possible. He seems like a great guy and didn't do a bad job with this team. You know, I don't think this team was as talented as we thought they were they're not as talented as we hoped they were even though there's so many spots that they've got guys who are just absolute dogs I mean legitimately that outfield Is kind of nice at this point, or you know, I think was nice. You know, you make that trade with Philly, I think that kind of hurt them. They definitely lost that whole situation.
2: But hey, you know, uh Brandon Marsh, uh no, yeah, he was pretty bad. Never mind. I see his stats now. Yeah, he was pretty bad with the Angels. So... Um
0: Um <laughs> Either way, there's there's definitely pluses on this team, but it's not that good a team. It's certainly not that good a bullpen. And he didn't have a ton to work with here. However, I'm going to go with this take going off of the fact that Phil Nevin's coming back. Shohei Otani will be gone this year. This kind of signals to me that they're looking at more of a long-form approach to this operation if they're going to bring Phil Nevin back. Unless this is a guy who, you know, Shohei and Trout really, really loved, which I could definitely see. But if you are those guys what's your number one concern right now especially if you're otani your number one concern is winning and this franchise has one year to prove that this is going to be the spot where you can win one year is the manager that just took you 46 and 59 the guy that seems like the clear and obvious choice like a lock that he's going to get you guys to the playoffs next year no if they were really concerned about the winning scenario, the keeping Otani scenario, I think they would have gone, not because Phil Nevin did a bad job, but because they need need to win, they would have taken a risk with somebody else, rolled the dice and hoped that a more, you know, aggressive manager, somebody to completely reset the culture will spark something out of this team. This is very much a safe choice and long-term might be the best option. You know, he grows into that role. He very... Very well, could be their manager for the next, you know, 10 years as he grows and gets more experienced as a manager. But year two, Phil Nevin is not the guy that's going to keep Shohei Otani around. So that means they're probably leaning more towards the gutting the roster approach.
2: Well, LJ. Um...
0: All right. So we are coming back from a little mid show uh, production meeting that. We just had based on a brilliant idea by myself that I didn't want to completely put Brandon on the spot with a uh, our usual mid-show production meetings that we keep in the show. But we are going to spice things up this year. It's our second year of playoffs for the show. We go big or we go home. So we decided to go big. We're going to give you our full bracket predictions right now. We're going to do it out of points and keep track of our points based on who got what correct. And whoever ends up with the lower point total will have to get get and wear the ink box temporary tattoo of the winner's choice on their arm for the duration of the tattoo.
2: Yes, and the way we're going to be determining this um, correct winner in the wild card round, you get a point d s is two points. cs is three points in the World Series winner. You get five points. Um also, whatever the difference is between the points. So let's say I end with eight and LJ ends with five. um So eight minus five is three. That also corresponds to three slap bets that I, I would win. So Fantastic. excited for this LJ.
0: All right. Well, going into these wild card ma- matchups, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with let's go in order of time slots for Friday's matchup. So, starting with the 12:07 game, we've got the number 3 seed Cleveland Guardians up against the 6 seed Tampa Bay Rays. Brandon, I'll go first cuz I went first on Big 3 or earlier for this take and all takes. We've exhausted this point. It was it was a fun run. It was a good run, Tampa Bay. I don't see a way that they beat this Guardians team in three games. The race for them to stay alive in the playoffs was to get the five seed. When they lost that to the Mariners, they were done. This probably ends up being Guardians in two.
2: I'm gonna also take the Guardians. So, um, you know, not a, So, you know, in terms of our bets here, um nothing happens regardless of the winner of the series however um i'm gonna say that the rays do end up uh getting a game um
0: you just want to see the cal Quantrill show
2: oh i i mean it'd be uh, that would be so electric um by the way yeah i mean the dude doesn't lose at home but i'm not going to completely discount the rays here but you know, the Guardians did win their division, not saying the Rays aren't strong, but I really think um, playing at home, especially with them all with the games all being in one site, all three games potentially, um, is just a huge advantage. And I really, well, I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but I really like the teams that are playing at home in these wildcard series.
0: Yeah, again, it's just such strong teams going that it's very hard. To, it's, it is, especially with it being the all-three home really is where it gets. Because in three games, we should be able to pick an upset or a couple upsets. And it just becomes harder and harder. It does. And moving on with hard one upsets to pick, I've got the Cardinals taking the Phillies down. This one, you know... It'll be close. I think this one goes three as opposed to the Guardians, but it will, it will be the Cardinals getting out of this mostly because of postseason experience. You've got your vets, the guys that are leading this team, have been countless. They've won World Series before, and this is a Philly team that's been desperately trying to make the postseason, much less perform in it with their stars. Really, you know... Schwarber goes to the ALCS last year. Bryce Harper never got out of the wild card with Washington. And JT Muto has been stuck in various hells his entire career. So, really, all those guys, you don't have any real strong postseason performers out of your offense group. Your pitching staff, you know, are we going to call David Robinson, Robertson, necessarily the. Clutch factor guy who know you know has been there before, he hasn't been the special guy in any of these. I guess, you know, Zach Wheeler was on the 2015 team for New York, right? Yeah. That's the best guy you got on this entire team. So that's not enough for me to say that they're ready to be here when things go down. And this Cardinals team is significantly better than one that was one mistake away by Adam Wainwright from being in the NLDS last year.
2: Yeah, especially now that they moved Zach Ethlin to the bullpen, which was, you know, certainly an interesting move there. Um, I'm actually gonna go uh Cardinals in two. I think that the or sorry, yeah, Cardinals in two. I wrote down Phillies, but I'm I truly mean Cardinals here. Um, Cardinals in two. It shouldn't be a problem for them. I just they've been really when you think about it, one of the most consistent teams all year. They never had a huge stretch of games where they were super hot like they did last year but also there was no i don't really think there was a time where we were like damn like you know the cardinals are struggling a little bit they they just been super consistent and uh, excuse me i'm getting bored just talking about all these old guys on the cardinals like <laughs> yachty wainwright Pujols. they've been there before um and yeah, I mean, Ryan Helsley is just so filthy in the bullpen. They just locked up Gallegos for another year. Um, yeah, uh, Cardinals in two.
0: All right, moving on. I'm finally going to break the seal here. I'm going to give us an upset. The Mariners take this series between the Mariners and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays hurt themselves by getting rid of their vaccinations policy for the playoffs i respect them for doing it but that was the way for them to win this series they no longer have that advantage and it comes down to which team do i think has the most opportunity to blossom which team has the most opportunity to balloon i think at its best both of these offenses are very comparable like when they're high, firing on all cylinders toronto is much more consistent than seattle but that's the way it is. And ultimately what it comes down to is the postseason is about the pitchers. The postseason more so is about the starters. And I love what's going on in the rotation for Seattle. I am more than willing to admit when I get things wrong, I have gotten Luis Castillo wrong so far this year. You know, I think talent-wise, I definitely underestimated him. Will I be one to jump on him if he doesn't show up in the postseason? Yes, because You know, he hasn't had the experience, and I'm not ready to call him an ace yet, but he has performed well beyond my expectations of him since he got to Seattle. And when you look at him, you look at the reigning A.L. Cy Young and Wabi Wei, you look at Logan Gilbert, who's had a terrific second season. I struggle to pick what what Toronto has going over those guys in the rotation. It will be Seattle. It'll probably be Seattle in three.
2: Uh, I um I understand what you're saying there, but when I'm looking at uh pitching, I mean Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman have been as good as you know anyone. Uh, Kevin Gosman is the first pitcher in I want to say integration history to have over 200 strikeouts in less than 30 walks or yeah 200 strikeouts less than 30 walks um and Alec Manoa you know the dude his was he started the all-star game right did Alec Manoa no he didn't start but he pitched well in it um at least I think it's uh, he was he was able, he was really good uh that was probably the uh, one
0: spot that Brandon watched he got in saw got it Saw he was in the game, he's like, All right, that's gonna be my talking point for the all-star game. I can turn it off now.
2: I mean, Alec Manow is so freaking good that I just at some point I I think that playing in Toronto is really scary, especially in the playoffs. Uh, was, Alc- you have Alc- so, so can- many
0: friendly people mobbing you in the streets to tell you, Hey, I don't think you're very good. A eh? every time you walk out, that it's just an intimid- incredibly intimidating.
2: I mean I I I totally get what Seattle has going for them but I can't discount the fact they scored the 18th most runs in the league that's you know that not uh, quite a few non-playoff teams outscored them that their starting pitchers didn't even have a top 10 ERA or a top half whip or Ks per 9 or hits per 9 or home runs per 9 you know not that there's anything wrong with Logan Gilbert because there's not, or Robbie Ray or Luis Castillo, and you know, whether George Kirby is the guy, whether he somehow gets to start in there over one of those three or is you know used out of the bullpen as um you know, whatever you want to call him i I find I really think playing in Toronto is gonna be a nightmare for them. Um I'm gonna go Toronto in three, but probably my favorite. First round series, right there, um, is Seattle Toronto.
0: Also, when we eventually talk about like building our own all in MLB teams or whatever, however, long we want to do that, one of the most under talked about, at least stretches of this last se- late part of this season that needs to be talked about Matthew Boyd coming back. Yeah. He's been terrific since he rejoined the bullpen for Seattle. Um, obviously he'll be used more in that lefty specialist type situation for this team because they are
2: You mean Matt oh yeah, shoot. Matthew Boyd, yeah, that's
0: Yeah. Thirteen strikeouts, thirteen innings, one three five ERA. That's not a huge sample size, granted, but getting that type of guy, if he stays hot like this, he's gonna be a lefty nightmare for a team that really needs that guy.
2: Unfortunately, a Jesse Winker is looks looks like he just hit the IL. I think a few days ago. I don't think he'll he'll be active for this weekend. Um, but super excited to watch that series. Um, it's gonna be great. I love the way that they did a stagger the games for the first two days. Um, it's just baseball all day and all night. It's beautiful.
0: It's perfect. And going into that final series series we've got for the wild card, Padres Mets. Um, I. We only had one disagreement on the show earlier. It wasn't Padres or Mets winning. It was obviously the Mets winning. And we all had it going three games because this Mets team, you know, this is the one spot that I think they can most easily be gotten. I don't think they'll it'll happen, but because they're so even keeled, you know, winning three straight games or winning two out of three isn't as natural to them as three out of five or four out of seven would be. So, that's why they're a little bit weaker in this series. But we all we all unanimously took them. The one argument was, will the Padres take game one or game two? Do you have Yu Darvish showing up or Blake Snell? I have Blake Snell showing up in game two. Ultimately, it'll be a fruitless effort, and the Mets will walk out of the series.
2: LJ, the Mets, they won 101 games. and. You know, I saw that they're possibly considering, like, not even pitching to Grom in this series for some insane reason.
0: I honestly, I'm going to go ahead and defend this. I don't hate it.
1: winner.
2: Well, you know what? When they lose in three games because the Padres, I'm picking to win in three games, they're going to regret it and I'm going to tell you why after you after you go and defend this. Cuz okay. I'm picking Padres.
0: I'm going to defend this because there is a very important part of their language. They're pushing him back to the NLDS. They are not saying he's not going to be ready until the NLDS. There's a big difference in those terms because pushing him back means we are strategically choosing not to use him here but he there's no reason he couldn't be used in this situation you could based on his last start you could start him game one right when did he pitch last it was like sunday right yeah so you could use him game one they are choosing not to that gives them flexibility. You send Max Scherzer out there game one. Most likely you win the game the Max Scherzer starts. So you go out there. Let's say you lose that though. If you don't want Chris Bassett starting game two, your closeout game, you can push Jacob DeGrom up and put him into the series. If you win game one, Chris Bassett goes out there, doesn't get the job done in game two. Guess who's very much there for game three? What they're basically doing by saying they might not use him till the DS is saying we are not going to we're not going to start him game one. And frankly, he shouldn't. He hasn't been he hasn't been the lights out Jacob de Gram. He hasn't been consistent, at least through the back end of the part of the season. And I think that might just be, be because, you know, stamina wise, he might not have been there truly when he got back into things. Next year is a much better show of how Jacob deGrom comes back from this injury than this year is because, you know, getting back into throwing for the first time in a year, that can be tiresome on a guy's arm. He's not going to be as consistent. So you give him some extra time, preferably to get rested. But if you really need him, he'll be there and he'll be able to hopefully show up for you. All you're saying is you're not starting him game one, which he really wouldn't have been doing anyway it should be Scherzer starting game one based on this year and based on recent form. So you start Scherzer game one. If everything goes right, you're able to start Bassett game two. And if you win both, he starts game one against the Dodgers. So this gives them maximum flexibility to use him in the situation of, here's a perfect term for you, Brandon, when you love, they will be able to use Jacob deGrom in the situation of highest leverage. Uh,
2: I, you know, the Mets they won 101 games they collapsed late in the season they couldn't beat the Braves they couldn't beat any of the crap teams they had to play in September to clinch this division Buck Walters a perennial playoff choker I I am so on the Padres in this series every Mets fan on Twitter is clamoring for the fact that they have no chance they said they want to play darren ruff in this series they want to play francisco alvarez in this series they're they don't considering even
0: using their, francisco alvarez. they don't
2: even know their roster construction right now lj they have no idea what they're doing buck show walter's a perennial choker he already choked away the division he choked against the braves against all those terrible teams they had to play in September. And now all of a sudden, they get to play a Padres team who realizes this, gets to throw you Darvish, who, oh yeah, has plenty of playoff experience, unlike um, a lot of these Mets guys. And you know what? I hope that they go uh, into into Queens and absolutely destroy them game one and two, so we can finally end this stupid narrative that the Mets didn't collapse and that they didn't... Uh, blow a lead because that's like saying that the Dodgers collapsed or that's like saying that the Dodgers didn't collapse last year because they definitely could have won the NL West last year and they're pull-
0: how can you call it a collapse how much more can you a ask play- a
2: team to do LJ you got you had a three game series where you literally just had to win one of those games one, if they win one of those games against the Braves, they win the regular season tiebreaker, and they are not even in this situation. And they fell apart. Not only that, they could have won any of those other games that they played against the Cubs, against whoever it was. They they couldn't do it. And I'm going to laugh when you, Darvish, goes off. And you know what? Keep sleeping on the Padres because there's just so many people that just are just completely a penciling the Mets in. It's like, oh yeah, like they're okay. Like it's not like they're going through one of the worst stretches, um, in, of their season right now. Like yeah, they're okay.
0: They are, and that's cause for concern. I am getting very disappointed in this. Um, U Darvish take you have here, this great Udarvish take. He's a. What matter? What matters to you more? His seven postseason starts. Or his 5.18 ERA in the postseason.
2: How about his? What matters to you more? Put up. How about his? How about his fantastic season that he put up? How about Blake Snell's great year? And oh yeah, over the last two weeks, has only been absolutely dealing. Joe Musgrove, might I mind you, the most underrated pitcher in the league potentially. We are not a Padres podcast, but I am a full Padres supporter in this series and. You know, I really hope that that you pick the Mets over the Dodgers in this next round, because I will just laugh so hard when the Mets lose. Uh, You know, I said Padres in three. I hope it's Padres in two.
0: All right. If you just want to go out there. All right. Fine. If you want to watch you, Darvish, get bitched around like he did against Houston in the World Series, then.
2: Oh, here we go. that
0: is fine that is that's your funeral but i think that's all i have to say on this series oh no i do because let's not talk about this jacob degrom thing being the real issue i can tell you if the if the mets lose this is how it's going to happen it's game three it is a tie game Eighth or ninth inning, don't care. Either situation, Juan Soto comes up to bat. Buck Walter walks out to the mound, takes the ball from whatever reliever's out there.
2: Perennial and, send, choker, and, Buck and sends in
0: Adam Ottavino instead of Edwin Diaz. That's how this is going to end.
2: Great, I'm sure. Yeah, if, I'm, if they I'm...
0: lose, that's how it happens. Will be another bullpen failure by Buck Walter. Not the fact that Jacob Degrom doesn't start in this series or doesn't start the first game of this series. Heaven forbid.
2: Well, he's not starting game one. The Mets announced it will be Max Scherzer.
0: Yes, but I'm saying the fact that he didn't isn't gonna lose the series.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Divisions. We've got the Guardians and the Yankees. Is it safe to say we know where you're going?
2: Yeah. Um (laughs) let me just say if the Yankees (laughs) the Yankees lose in the first round, um, I might quit the podcast. Um no. I I might I actually I, I shouldn't say quit the podcast i might like just go into hibernation for a long time no and he's was- just
0: gonna he's gonna record all of these episodes under the idea that the yankees won the series and go on to win the world series he's yeah. just gonna pretend they're still in yeah.
2: um oh, man i mean i would i would love for i mean i really don't care who wins the Rays Guardians series? Like on paper, the Yankees just like should be winning here. Um, I'll take the Yankees in four. Um, I I find it hard to pick against them in this spot. Um, but you never know with with the Bronx Bombers. Um, they didn't get to a hundred wins. But they Yeah, that was the next thing we want to talk like, about. We want to talk about Choke them.
0: job? Let's talk about the Yankees not winning 100 games after one of, you know, oh, this is the best team ever first time the year. said here. that. Okay, yeah. No, I'm not okay. saying you did, but that was the way that this was talking. Statistically, this was one of the best Yankees teams of all time coming into August. So good this Yankees team was that they could take an entire month off,
2: and they end up missing the 100-game mark. If we're sure, we missed the hundred game jobs, mark, but a, at least... one joker in the city. Sure, we missed the hundred game mark, but we won the best division in baseball by seven games. So I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear. it.
0: Okay. With that being said, I will also be taking the New York Yankees in this series. It's you know this is a tough one. It, it isn't a tough. One. This is one that I see the Yankees either winning handily. Or losing. I don't see them losing, winning this in five games. This will be a three or four gamer if they win, or they're going to lose it. Because the other option is this week off kills them in any momentum that they might have had from the judge stuff. And they go out there and look like they've never played baseball before. Honestly, if we are talking about any of these managers, Aaron Boone's done a really good job with what he's been given and what he's been told to do this year. However, I think he is probably the weakest of the four buy recipient managers out there. Brandon, speaking objectively, does that feel fair to say? I'm not trying to give him too much crap, but between Dave Roberts, Snicker, and Dusty Baker, and him, he feels like the weakest resume, the weakest coach. Sure. So, ultimately, what I'm trying to get at is, who do I trust most to handle an extra ro- time through the rotation off? This is a ton of time to be off. This is uncharted territory for Major League Baseball. Who do I trust to handle it best? I'm going to pick the other three over the Yankees. That's why I think there's a, definitely a chance that they could be gotten here. But they they won't. They are they are a, definitely a much better team than the Guardians, even if they outmaneuver. The Yankees, they should be able to win it. And another thing you have to consider, too, is how quickly do they wrap up the health card? Because, you know, we've been talking about Cal Quantrill and his great home record. If they win in two games, he doesn't start at home.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, no, you're right.
0: That does while he'll still be, still be good, that takes away that superhuman edge that we've been kind of talking about him like. And, you know, you're certainly not going to put him, you're not going to take him over Cole or nasty nester?
2: Well, we're both on the Yankees. It is now well we'll just stay in the AL, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um
2: so I have Houston versus Toronto. You have Houston versus Seattle. Um where are you going?
0: Um I am going with Houston here You get Jacob DeGrom and Framber Valdez off the top at home.
2: Justin Verlander. What'd I say? Jacob DeGrom.
0: You get Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez at home. These should be gimmies for the Astros. And even if they aren't gimmies, you still have three games to work with. I love this Astros team. I think, you know, they, they, they won the West so easily and played the Yankees and all the good teams I feels like very early on in the year the only times they really got got by Seattle were in like April and May so no one has really seen them in impactful games in a very long time so I think a lot of people aren't quite understanding how good this team is I love what they're doing down in Houston
2: yeah I they're I mean a Justin Verlander is probably going to win the Cy Young and I can't wait to talk about the AL Cy Young because it is actually a fascinating race um Verlander's been the most consistent the most dominant um even with his little injury that he had there but still regardless they're just such a well-oiled machine all these guys have been in the playoffs before you I feel dumb picking against them I'd rather get up uh, proven wrong and I will take the Astros in four games.
0: All right, moving on, Brandon. Where do would you like to go first?
2: To go to the top of that bracket.
0: All right, let's go to the top of that bracket. The top of that bracket. I don't have the thing open anymore. It
2: is the it would both for us both the Cardinals and the Braves.
0: Cardinals and the Braves. Let's start right now. This is the hottest Braves team or this Braves team is the hottest we, we're we seeing in the league right now. When we talk about a team that's set for the future, we obviously talk about the Dodgers because that team is just so incredibly well-rounded. But we're also looking at a Braves team that so long as they don't screw things up terribly in the off season has everything but left field. No, they, they have left field they have their entire lo- roster lined up with absolute dogs for at least the next 5 years
2: it's it's so filthy it's just and
0: this rotation the starting pitching that this group gets only seems to keep getting better time and time again and I mean, they just
2: they're... extended charlie morton again didn't they
0: yeah and th- they're about 7 deep right now and that's before they pull out some other great guy or at least good guy next year So I genuinely think that over the next five years, this is the best team in the league. It's the most clearly oriented team. And the only thing they have to focus on keeping together from a offseason standpoint right now is keeping to put productive bullpens out there, which they've done a tremendous job of the last two years. I think both years it went untalked about. No one talked about this Braves bullpen until they got deep into the postseason, and then it became like half the story. And no one's talking about the team that's third in our in reliever ERA right now. The team that legitimately has three closers on this team. And I say that with all sincerity. Kenley Jansen, Rossell Iglesias, and A.J. Minter all could close in at least half of teams. At least 10 teams. Oh, so it yeah. depends on where you put A.J. Minter. But either way, this group all around is terrific. Braves in three.
2: I'm going to give the Cardinals one game here, but it's – I mean, LJ hit everything else on the head. Braves in four. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they won it in three. Um, however, however, LJ, the last time we saw Braves-Cardinals in the playoffs, The Cardinals dropped a 10 spot on them in the top of the first inning in a game in Atlanta. Do you remember that back in
0: 2019? Oh, that is right.
2: That was the NLDS. The Cardinals won in five, and it was in game five where they dropped 10 in the first, one in the second, two in the third. It was 13 to nothing after three innings in a winner-take-all game. There's some history here, definitely. But that Braves team is not – that 2019 Braves team is not anything close to what this Braves team is. That that This year's Braves team will not have Mike Fultonavich starting in a game five of the DS if need be. Um, Yeah, Braves in four.
0: We've we've developed past that spot. All right, let's get this one out of the way. Let Brandon keep arguing. The Mets won the season series. They looked decisive in the season series. It fell despite four and three. I'm going to keep it rolling. And this is partially just, you know, I know I'm playing around with getting a tattoo that I very well might not want to have on me for two weeks. But this is also partially me just wishfully thinking and wanting for a matchup I really, really want to have too. Like, I can't help but think and dream about this Mets Braves and LCS.
2: So you're picking Mets over the Dodgers. Yes. I'm going Dodgers and three over the Padres. Um, I just, you know, I, I guess if it, if it if it is Mets Dodgers, I I would actually have a lot to think about there, much more than this Padres series, believe it or not.
0: Yeah, because and really what I think your issue comes into is the thing that I've been trying to hammer home all year, which is an even keel team like this is deadly in the true postseason. When you three games is not enough for this group for me to really feel 100 percent comfortable. But they become significantly harder to beat when it's five and seven game series. And that's what makes it even scarier.
2: Uh, yeah. Um. Because I am picking the Padres in that first round, I think the Dodgers will have no problem advancing to the CS. Where I have, um, Braves, Dodgers, LJS, Braves, Mets, and on the other side we both have, Yankees, Astros. Um. This is really tough. We'll start with the ALCS. In years past, I have picked against the Yankees. Um, I picked, I mean, I, I did pick preseason Toronto to make the world series. Um, however, I did not think they'd have to run through Houston in the DS. Um, as much, I want to pick Houston.
0: Follow your heart, Brandon. Listen to your heart. It is calling for you
2: just so dumb but you know you know LJ did pick the Red Sox to the CS last year if I'm not wrong and you did and it did happen I'm good yeah you crushed me last year in this um I can't go against my own team and I'm gonna hate myself for that when the Astros probably inevitably uh win I guess I'm picking the Yankees to the World Series. Um it's really dumb. That probably just cost me 3 points in in this in this game, but yeah, I can't go against my own team. I would rather go down with the sinking ship. Um we'll go Yankees in 7. Why not? It's a, it'll be a 7-game series. Of course it will.
0: All I... right. I actually am probably taking more risk here than you are, and you'll you'll see that in a little bit. But I'm going to go with the Astros. I had the Astros going in six games with the Yankees. I think, you know, two months ago, this is an incredibly compelling game series. Like, this is the series of the year. Now it is still a incredibly great series but this Houston team is too much and this Houston team has been so consistently good throughout the year. Further, I don't see holes in this team. You've got the best bullpen. You've got absolutely, especially we've really only been talking about the top two guys for this rotation, but you have a slew of high level guys here. I mean, you really, do you really want to face Christian Javier? Do you really want to face Luis Garcia? Do you really want to face Lance McCullers? No, and just about everyone in this rotation also, if they don't get used, they are really solid long relievers as well. Very flexible rotation. There isn't a hole on this team. Meanwhile, speaking objective, I'm not. I try so hard to not sound like a Yankees hater on this show, but there are blatant holes for this team.
2: I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. The question: marks. Just, just...
0: leadership within the bullpen as Great as their bullpen has been this year. You lose, Clay Holmes loses his edge and Aurelis Chapman losing his edge in the same year. All of a sudden, you could be looking at the majority of high leverage game, innings going to Lou Trevino, John, Jonathan Loisega, and Scott Efros. As much as they've been good this throughout the season, they have never seen postseason situations like this. Garrett Cole has looked like an absolute ace in a lot of situations this year, but still has a 3-5 ERA in 200 innings. Which, you know, at the end of the day, it's not so bad, and I'm not trying to disrespect him. Still a really good season. Still a great season, especially when you look at the strikeouts. But you need to see more from him, and he needs to show up in every single game of this postseason. Are we sure that the Garrett Cole that we saw this year is capable of doing that I'm not 100 sure and then if Oswald Peraza doesn't make these rosters and if he doesn't get a good chunk of at-bats that is also going to hold the Yankees back
2: I will be so so mad and I already know that they're going to pick Hicks or Marwin or Castro or IK like of course IKF is going to make it I mean well, no.
0: they... here's what's going to happen he's going to make it he's just not going to play and all of a sudden, you're going to... I don't a- even
2: think he makes it, LJ, to be to be fully honest with you. They Game don't care that he, that, he, that, that he played well lately. They really He's don't. He's
0: played incredibly well. No,
2: they What's don't. What's going to
0: happen is this. Game six, ninth inning, two outs. Ryan Presley's on the mound. And Icaf's going to be the one to strike out to send the Astros to the World Series. That feels like the image that I'm seeing in my head to end the series. It's not going to be another walk-off, a dramatic walk-off for the Astros. It's going to be something like that where the Yankees' ridiculous amount of faith in their system and in their plan ruins what they have. That kind of feels like they're, they're going to be their own worst enemy again, and that's going to be what ends it for them. I've got the Astros and six again, i say. All
2: right, on to the NL. LJ, you have Dodgers, Mets. I have...
0: I have Braves, Mets.
2: Oh, Braves-Mets. Yeah, sorry, I looked at that wrong. Braves-Mets, I have Dodgers-Braves Um, rematch of last year's NLCS. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick against the Dodgers. I've had them number one in my power rankings pretty much the whole year. Um, I just, you know, Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> since he's came back from from injury, has been so good. I mean, they even turned Andrew Heaney, who is a guy that, you know, I, Yankee fans were begging to get off the team last year. Somehow they got him to 110 strikeouts and only 19 walks in 72 innings. It just is mind-boggling to me. Julio Urias might be the best pitcher on this team. I mean, LZ, you're talking four starters with a sub-2.6 ERA in over 120 innings pitched i mean their uh pitching is crazy evan phillips might be the most underrated reliever this year 63 innings and he had a 114 era um not to mention that they just find guys like uh what's the name like caleb ferguson their 38th round pick from 2014 and he's got a one ERA in 33 innings. Um, How about Tommy Canley stepping up here for the Dodgers? Well, love, love Tommy Canely lately, you know, since he's come back. I, I can't even imagine what this team would look like or what it's going to look like when a Walker Bueller eventually comes back next year. Um, when Trevor Bauer's done with his s- suspension. Just, Dustin May. Dustin May will Brandon, be Brandon, you're
0: forgetting about the biggest name here one Danny day Duffy. or another Danny Duffy is going to find his way to the Dodgers mound.
2: Uh, and, you know, I don't know what the word is with Blake Trinan, um, but they don't even need him. Like they, they're they just, they just have so much talent. I'm picking the Dodgers. Um, Let's go Dodgers and six to the world series. So I got a Yankees Dodgers world series. This is if, Long-time listeners of the show know that this is what I picked, going all the way back before the 2021 season. That's what I picked at the end of that season was Yankees, Dodgers, and now we're we're finally here, uh, two years later.
0: All right, we've got the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros and the Braves. I've again, I'm going to keep walking this line. It's the Braves for me.
2: I just You're picking against the Mets. Wow,
0: Did I not already talk about that? Oh, I already skipped my World Series. Oh dear. Um, yeah, no, I'm picking against the Mets. Look, I think they proved themselves enough last weekend that we've seen a we've seen a recent head-to-head matchup between the Mets and the Braves, and this Braves team's been there before. They know what they have. They want it. And you know who, you know what's scary? that we're not going to talk about. There are two guys on this team that could be absolute menaces if they're motivated enough. And they could easily be the two biggest X factors for this entire postseason. The one that I'm not 100% sold for is Spencer Strider. There's two ways this could go. He either... it The moment's a little too big for him right now. He struggles this year and then down the line, he's of course going to continue to be a great player, but he's just not going to have, he might be a little too young for the moment or he's going to see, Hey, I am that good. I am a great pitcher in this league. I'm going to continue to prove that. And more so I want a piece of the action that everyone got last year. I want a world series too. And he's going to go out there and absolutely shove with that motivation. The same thing is doubly so for Ronald Acuna Jr. Imagine being the leader of that team. You go down and your team finds a way against all odds to go out and win it without you out there. And you share in that success. You share in that celebration. As far as I'm concerned, that World Series is as valid for him as it is for anyone else on that team. But he wants to be out there for that final out of one. He wants to go out and win one for himself too, I'm sure. And both of those guys could be downright menaces throughout this postseason. And that's why to expect his process, I have them over the Mets and I have them over the Astros. I don't, however, the one thing, this is just my heart. This is my honest analysis of what I've seen this year is me having the Braves win the World Series. However, I would be lying if I said I was not a little concerned with taking both the, Repeat of last year's World Series and the repeat winner.
2: All right, so my World Series pick Dodgers versus Yankees. We're gonna go um, yeah, we're gonna pick the Dodgers. Um, as much as that would just pain me as a Yankees fan, I just I would love to see it. Um, just those two teams playing the World Series. You already heard my my thoughts on the Dodgers. We'll go Dodgers in 6 once again. Um Yeah, that is that's my that my take. You heard enough about both teams already. Um And yeah, I'm going Dodgers.
0: All right, well, that will be it for tonight.
2: So you pick the Braves.
0: i us pick the Braves, yes.
2: Okay. Yeah, um that's it for tonight. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Friday morning. Instagram. Follow us. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. Thank you for sticking with us through the regular season. Can't wait for another postseason. And yeah, we'll talk to you. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.